As vicious as our modern politics are, they aren't the beginning of the smear. To understand the tricks of the trade and how they figure into attempts to manipulate your opinion, it helps to examine how we got here. It turns out smears are a tradition in American politics dating back to our earliest days. In fact, our founding fathers knew very well the power of a sharp character assassination. Hamilton and Jefferson were planning stuff on each other's sex lives and writing anonymously for their partisan newspapers, says Professor Mark Feldstein of Philip Merrill College of Journalism at the University of Maryland. He's an avid student of historical scandal. Back in the 1790s, the efforts were relatively unsophisticated, he tells me. In those days, it was kind of obvious who was behind the smears because the first Treasury Secretary, Alexander Hamilton, had this sexual affair with a woman named Maria Reynolds, and Thomas Jefferson published it, and Jefferson was banging Sally Hemings, and it was the Hamilton paper that surfaced it, says Feldstein. While rumor and innuendo have long been the bedrock of political assaults, I think you could say the modern smear came into its own during World War II. And it's only natural that the U.S. intel agency responsible for perfecting psychological warfare and propaganda techniques became accomplished in the art of the smear. Back then, they called it morale operations. In 1943, the U.S. Morale Operations Branch opened under the Office of Strategic Services, the precursor to the CIA. The mission? Misinformation and deception. The tools? White, black, and gray propaganda, all still widely used by today's players in the smear game. White propaganda openly reveals its source and relies on gentle persuasion and public relation techniques. Black propaganda is misinformation that claims to be coming from one side but is actually produced by the opposing side. Then there's gray propaganda, which the CIA considers the most mysterious of all because the source of the propaganda is never identified. Relate that idea to today's political dark money groups, which don't have to disclose who their donors are. The CIA also knows that when demoralization and demonization are the order of the day, nothing does the trick like a good old-fashioned rumor. To paraphrase an historic figure, a lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on. During World War II, the Morale Operations Branch initiated about 20 rumors per week. They were typically short, memorable stories concerning famous people and events meant to cause fear, confusion, and distrust. Success was measured by comebacks, the number of times the rumors surfaced in the press. In addition to using word of mouth and the press to deploy rumors and other forms of propaganda against the Nazis, the government's secret operators had another first-rate device at their disposal, radio. The Morale Operations Branch used black propaganda radio stations to broadcast disinformation on behalf of the United States and its allies. In 1944, the gray propaganda radio station Soldatensender, or Soldiers Radio, went live in England, denouncing the Nazis amid news, music, and entertainment. American movie stars took part in musical black ops on Soldat and Sender. According to the CIA, Bing Crosby, Dinah Shore, and Marlena Dietrich performed black propaganda lyrics written for German and American songs. One instance involved a tune called Lily Marlene. 
It's a nostalgic, pessimistic melody. Adolf Hitler's chief propagandist, Joseph Goebbels, considered it demoralizing and banned it in Germany. Outside the barracks, by the corner light, I'll always stand and wait for you at night. Despite the ban, Dietrich recorded the song in German and English, and it was played on Soldatensender, which German troops could hear. The idea was to make them homesick. It worked. Meantime, Goebbels was busy perfecting textbook propaganda techniques of his own that also stand the test of time today. As head of Hitler's Reich Ministry of Public Enlightenment and Propaganda from 1933 to 1945, Goebbels was obsessed with controlling virtually every form of message in German society, whether from government, churches, films, reporters, or mass media. Obsessive control was necessary to lead the German...